This morning's Sunday school lesson for the adults class was about sufferings and persecutions. And if we think that we're suffering to the point that we don't have quite as much to uh, rejoice about or to sing about, we can always sing about God's amazing grace because that's something that is, has never changed. And amongst the things the world can throw at us, that's something they can't take away from us. That's something they, they cannot hinder. That's something that they cannot touch. And that is God's amazing grace. We're going to be in the book of Acts this morning in chapter 12. The book of Acts in chapter 12, and then the message goes right along with the, the Sunday school lesson and, and that God can deliver us from anything that, that He puts us into. And I say that and word it that way on purpose because whenever we fall into a lion's den or, or we fall into a prison because of what we've done for God, it's not somewhere that, that the devil has thrown us because God wasn't paying attention. It's not somewhere that we have slipped and fell into because God wasn't taking care of us. It's somewhere that God has put us to allow us to grow. It is somewhere that God has allowed us to reach to, to help us to gain a, a lesson. And a friend of mine said one time that, that everything that you face in life is either a blessing or a lesson. And if you're really lucky, sometimes it's even both. And here in the case of the, the Apostle Peter, it was both for him. Acts in chapter 11, we're going to begin in verse 1. The book of Acts in chapter, excuse me, 12. Excuse me. Acts in chapter 12, verse number 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex a certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to further take to Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quintillions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Harold would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto them, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true. It was done unto him by an angel. But he thought, excuse me, but thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and the second war, they came to the iron gate which leadeth into the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all of the expectation of the people of the Jews. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together in your house this morning to offer up a service of praise and worship to you, God. We pray that you would help us this God, as we look into your word, that we could be, God, that we could be attentive, that we could be receptive. God, that with open hearts, we can be led by the Holy Spirit. God, that we can submit our life unto you. God, if it be one of the lost among us this morning, I pray that this could be the hour that they could be delivered from their bondage. God, delivered from their chains, that they would believe on Jesus Christ with all of their heart and that they could be saved. God, have mercy on that lost soul. God, be with those that's interested in our prayers this morning. Thank you for all the many wonderful blessings of life that you've given us. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at this story from two different directions this morning. 
But I want to start off from, from the point of, point of view of a saved person. I want to look at the point that, that Peter found himself in. And, and today, but he had said during Sunday school, and he, he quoted off a statistic that was 0.6% of the world claims to be Christians. I, I trust Brother Ed, and I believe that that statistic is, is pretty spot on because we, uh, we don't have to guess that we are definitely, without a doubt, the minority. In Peter's day here, Peter was the minority. Whenever the James was killed with the sword, it pleased the people. Murder of an apostle pleased the people. Murder of a Christian made the people happy. Does, does sin and wrongdoing and murder make people happy today? The United States is now paying for abortions in other countries. It makes people happy today. Sin is celebrated today. Here, whenever it became celebrated, Peter said he was next. He was on the chopping block. Today are our rights in jeopardy. Is it hard for us to stand and stand on thus saith the word of God when the rest of the world wants to kill us? And I mean that figuratively. They don't believe it. They don't want to hear it. You're not supposed to use. You're not supposed to use the name of Jesus. And if you use in the name of God, most of the time the world's using it in the wrong way, in a derogatory way. And they don't want to hear it otherwise. They definitely don't want to hear about Christ ever. You talk about church, and they start calling you a Bible thumper. The world is is not for Christ today, but Christ came for the world. Here we read of Peter, and, and I want to I want to point out a couple of things. Most of the time, and, and I'm guilty of it myself, we skip right to the end of the story, and we we, we focus a lot on on the fact that Peter came and and they didn't recognize him, and how they were astonished. And this morning, I want to back up and just analyze this story just a little bit, and I want to I want to ask us if we find ourselves in the condition of Peter, not necessarily in chains. I, I've never been locked in chains to the best of my knowledge. But a lot of times we find ourselves locked up within ourselves because we feel that we are powerless. Here Peter was completely and totally powerless. But it's whenever we realize that we can't do anything is that we're the strongest. The quote that you see on the wall all the time is that, that Christians are strongest. You stand tallest when you're down on your knees. Here Peter found himself in a perilous situation. By himself, of his own power, he was completely and totally hopeless. Peter, I... I, I, I by reading this, I don't think that Peter tried to shake out of his chains. I don't think that Peter tried to fight the guards. I find it hard to believe that in that situation I wouldn't. But Peter has more faith than I do. It don't say here that Peter fought. It said that... Well, let's go ahead and read it. Where am I looking? Verse number 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. And Peter was therefore kept in prison. And so he was in a place that, that was not meant for him to find comfort. This world is not meant for us to find comfort in. We're not supposed to always find comfort in the things of this world. Jesus gave us a comforter for that particular reason. He gave us the Holy Spirit that in the world we can find peace. But we don't find peace in the world, if that makes sense. We don't find peace 
and enjoying the things of the world outside of God. Eating a steak can bring you temporary fulfillment. And it can fill you up, but in just a little while, you're going to be hungry again. It could be the best steak of your life, but you're going to be hungry again. You can eat a chicken pot pie, and as filling and awesome and wonderful as they are, a couple hours, a few hours, you're going to be hungry again. The things of this world can bring us temporary satisfaction. But God don't deal in temporary satisfaction at all. Verse number six, and when Herod would have brought him forth the night before Peter was going to be killed. I want to pay very close attention to this verse here. It said that Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Everybody in that prison, I bet you a dollar, was pretty close to awake. The soldiers were awake. Everybody that was trying to keep the prisoners there was awake. But Peter, the day before he was supposed to be killed, he was asleep. What brought him that peace? Whenever the world wants to persecute us, whenever the world wants to, to take care of us, whenever they want to silence us, what brings us that peace? The song says, He whispers sweet peace to me. The Bible says that, that the voice of God came as a still, small voice. And He speaks peace to us. Here, Peter was, was in a perilous condition. But Peter was... He was safe. Not because he was sitting between two soldiers. Not because he was in prison. Not because he had any kind of might of his own. But because God was taking care of him. Peter was right where God wanted him to be. Amen. And I think that Peter was completely and totally satisfied in himself because of that. They don't say that Peter was, was nervous. Now, I get nervous before uh, quite a few things and Whenever I was in high school in FFA contest, before we'd get up to speak or, or get ready to put together one of them small engines, I, I tell you, I'd get nervous. My hands would get to sweating. I'd get all jumpy. I'd be sitting there taking my test, and that, my foot would just be, just be popping. I'd tap that pencil against that desk. I, I'd just nervous ticks. And then people in that room got so upset at me. And I was just taking a test. Here, Peter was about to be killed, and he was asleep. He was dead asleep. He was so asleep that whenever the angel showed up, it said that the angel smote Peter on the side. So the angel showed up in the prison. A light shined in the prison and it didn't wake Peter up. It didn't wake him up at all. But the angel had to smote him to wake him up. And he still thought it was a dream. He was in such peace and contentment at that point with God, not with being in prison, he was content with the place that God had him, that he fell asleep to the point that whenever he woke up, he thought he was still dreaming. Peter was safe with God. Here this morning, if, if you're lost and unsaved, this story applies to the saved person as much as it applies to you. You may not know it, you may not realize it, but you're in prison. You may not realize it or even understand it sometimes, but it's the day before your execution. Because the Bible says that the life is like a flower, a grass, a shadow, a vapor. We don't know how long it'll last. We don't know when you're not going to make it another day. If you're here and unsaved this morning, you're in a worse shape than Peter was in. Because you don't have the peace of God. Because you don't have the guarantee. Whenever Stephen was being stoned, he looked up in the heavens and Jesus gave him a standing ovation. 
And whenever Stephen died, he was carried away. If you're here and unsaved this morning, that it's not going to work for you. If you die in your sin, if you die unsaved, if you die disconnected from Jesus, if you die a in bondage of Satan, a prisoner of sin, then there'll be no comfort. There'll be no peace. You, you'll never sleep again. They told me that when I was having a kid, but here we are, sleeping and resting two hours at a time. If you're hearing unsaved this morning, you'll never rest again. It says, the Bible says that whenever the rich man lifted his eyes in the flames of fire, that it was tormenting. The Bible says that the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. He begged Abraham for a drop of water to cool his tongue because he was in agony and pain. The Bible says there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is hell. And it's real. Today, the, the word hell is thrown around and people use it all the time. They ought not do it. Because my mind cannot comprehend what hell really is. Yours can't either. You think of the worst, most awfulest, darkest, hottest, most painful situation you can imagine. You multiply it by 356 million and you'll not quite be halfway there. Hell is a real place. Hell is forever. But Jesus can turn you loose the same way that the angel turned Peter loose. If God is tugging at your heart, if God is burdening your heart, it's the same thing as whenever the angel smoked Peter. He's trying to wake you up. The angel said in verse number 8, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And those next few words is what's so special. The Bible says, and so he did. This morning, if you're unsaved, God is asking you, begging you, pleading with you to trust in Jesus. That's easier than binding on sandals. All my tennis shoes that I have, with the exception of a new pair that I just bought, and that's because I didn't have any super glue, all my shoe strings are super glued in a knot. That way I never have to tie my shoes again. I slip them on, I slip them off. I hate tying shoes. Trusting in Jesus is easier than tying shoes. It don't take any kind of physical ability. It don't take any kind of physical anything. It takes faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and, and that's it. That is as far as it goes. That is as hard as it gets. And he'll lead you out of sin. He'll lead you out of the, the dungeon, the bondage, the chains that you're in. Sometimes that you don't even realize that you're in. If you're unsaved, you're in trouble. And Jesus is asking you to allow him to get you out. Here Peter was in trouble and the angel of God brought him out. And in verse number 8, Peter submitted to the will of the angel, to the will of God. Peter submitted and said, he said, I will. He said, come on, let's go. The angel told him and he said, let's roll. Paraphrasing, of course. This morning, God is calling you. All you have to do is say, yes, I believe. All you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross to save you, that he rose again. And that through trust in Him, you'll rise again as well. And God, for Jesus' sake, will save you. All you have to do is submit. Just Amen. Whatever's holding you back, whatever's, whatever's stopping you, just turn it loose. 
Peter could have sat right there. I believe with all my heart that if Peter didn't want to get up, he didn't have to. He could have died that morning. God is not going to make you get saved. God is not going to send you to hell either. You're going to choose to go. If you die without Jesus, then you're choosing to go to hell. You're choosing not to believe in Him. You're choosing not to have faith in the Son of God. You're choosing to reject that whosoever will invitation that Jesus gives in John 3. You're choosing to say, no, I will not accept help. No, I will not accept Christ. No, I will not be loosed from my chains. No, I will not be set free from my bondage. And it's a dangerous thing to say no to God. Eternity in hell is a long time to be stubborn. Eternity in hell is a long time to be embarrassed. Eternity in hell is a long time to be scared of the people around you. What are they going to think? What are my friends going to think? Well, well, maybe I can do it later. Maybe I can do it tomorrow. You can think your way right into hell. But you have to believe your way into heaven. There's no other way. There's no other route. Verse number 8 says, And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed. Peter submitted himself. Peter submitted his will. Peter, Peter followed the direction of God, the, the leadership of the angel. And in verse number 10, it says, When they were past the first and second ward, they came to the iron gate which leadeth out of the city, which opened to them of her own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and the angel departed from him. And when Peter came to himself, here we go, he said, Now I know of surety the Lord has sent his angel. Peter knew the whole time that God was with him. But he was at such peace with himself that he, he thought he was dreaming. But at this point he knew that God had sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all expectation of the people of the Jews. At this point, Peter realized, he, he knew for a fact, he knew within his heart of hearts, if you're here and saved this morning, God promises us a knowing salvation. That you know of all surety, whenever you get saved, that you are saved. Amen. It's not a maybe, it's not a perhaps, it's not a almost. Right. If you're here and saved this morning, you are saved. If you're here and don't know this morning, you're in trouble. Right. If you're here and you're not saved this morning, you're in trouble. There's no middle of the road for salvation. Peter didn't say that, that he thought. He said at this point he knew with all surety he was guaranteed. He was at peace with knowing that God was in control. That God had taken care of him. That God had led him out. Jump down with me if you would to verse number 12. And when he had considered the thing he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Back to those that are saved for just a second. It is discouraging. At any point in time, whether it's family members or friends or strangers, to pray for someone, to, to beg and to plead, to witness to someone, and it seems like that it has no effect. 
But prayer works. We've seen it among our church. We've seen it in our community. We've seen it in our own life. That prayer works. Amen. Here Peter came to this place because, because they were together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, verse number 13, the damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda. And when he, she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. These folks were gathered together in a prayer service for Peter. And God delivered them. I believe that, that with all my heart that God delivered Peter for multiple reasons. But one was to show these people that prayer worked. We're not going to get off on the fact that in verse number 16 it says that they were astonished because we shouldn't be surprised whenever God answers our prayers. But it said that prayer was made without ceasing for him before he was released. If you have a lost family member, friend, co-worker, stranger, stopping to pray for them means that you no longer have faith that God can save them. If I stop praying for somebody, that means that I no longer have faith that God can intervene. At no point in time in our life should we ever get discouraged. The song says, just one more soul. It'll be worth it all. Because that one person that, that we stop praying for is no more worthy of hell than me. And somebody was praying for me. Prayer works. Amen. Here Peter came to him. We're going to read verse number 17. But he beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. How many of us has declared unto other people how God brought us out of prison? I'm not talking about Franklin Jail. I'm talking about the, the chains of sin. How often do we declare unto other people our testimony? How many times how many times are we excited about it? A man said one time this is not only a declaration this is a joyful declaration. The song says I once was lost but now I'm found. If you're here and unsaved this morning you'll have a joyful testimony. You'll have a joyful declaration whenever God sets you free if you'll only believe. Up until that point, John 3 and 18 says that he that believeth not is condemned already. If you believe not in Jesus Christ, then, then you're, already, you're already shot. The thing about it is, is, everybody says it all the time, you control your own destiny. That's what teachers are supposed to tell everybody. You're in control of your own future. I opened a book one time and it was a leadership conference was at for FFA. On the front of the book it said, this is the person responsible for your future. Open it up. What's in there? A mirror. Papa Clyde has a book hanging on the wall in his house. It says, why Jesus died. You open it up and it's the same mirror. Pointing to the same person. Jesus died for me and Jesus died for you. And the only person that has control of our destiny, of our future, is ourself. I can't believe on Jesus for you because if I could, there wouldn't be a lost person around here. 
Your mama can't believe for you. Or you wouldn't have to worry about it. She'd take care of it. Money can't buy it. Good deeds can't earn it. Peter was completely and totally hopeless. And until you realize that you are, you're not going to be able to get saved. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he told him, he said, go sell all you have. The rich man, he said, go sell all you have. What was holding that man back? It wasn't that that man had to sell everything he had to get saved. It's that he was trusting in what he had. We have nothing God wants. We have nothing God needs. The Bible says that we are to present ourselves. The Bible says that we are to come unto Jesus. God don't, God don't owe us anything. But the Bible says it's a gift. For by grace of God are you saved through faith. Believing and trusting in the name of Jesus Christ. That next phrase is that not of yourselves. That we can't do anything about it. Peter was hopeless. You are helpless. Completely and totally helpless. Can do absolutely nothing on your own. But it is the gift of God. The angel led him out. Peter didn't have to do anything. Peter didn't have to fight a guard. Peter didn't have to pick a lock. Peter didn't have to break his thumb to get out of shackles. Peter got up, put his clothes on, strapped his sandals in, and struck out. This morning, you don't even have to do that. If you're here and unsaved this morning, I urge you. If God's pulling on your heart, if, if God is burdening you, all you got to do is believe in Jesus. You'll be saved. That's it. Whatever's holding you back, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you think, you're wrong. Thinking will get you straight to hell. Thinking will cause you to miss heaven so far that you... Nobody around here wants that for you. Nobody. Nobody at all. Let me beg with you this morning, if you're here and unsaved, to trust in Jesus. Believe in Him with all of your heart and God for Jesus' sake will save you. If you're here and saved this morning, you're struggling with something... If you're struggling with persecution, if you're struggling with what the world has put you through, if you're struggling with where the world has got you right now, between a rock and a hard place is what they call year 2020, we're going to see about 21. But there's no hard place that God can't get us out of. There's no rock that He can't move. I mean, He fed Israel out of a rock. I've never seen that done. But I believe that God can do it. I don't believe that there's a rock that He can't get around, get us around. I don't believe there's a situation he can't get us out of. I don't believe there's a situation he can't teach us from. If you're struggling with something this morning, I urge you to look for the lesson. I urge you to look to God. To be at peace. To, to be at peace to the point that the morning of your execution you can fall asleep between the soldiers. Then we know that we are content and at peace with God. Well, we'll have a verse for something.